Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice what he says. Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So what is he saying? He's already growing, not only in patience, but one of the signs of immaturity is pride. Joseph doesn't say this. Tell me your dreams, baby. I got the answer. No, he says, God has the answer. See, prideful people promote themselves. Mature people promote God. It's God. It's all about God. It's not about you. It's not about me. So he does the right thing. The normal thing for people to do when they encounter difficulties is to withdraw from others and concentrate on themselves. They're trying to figure out how and why they got into their mess, and more importantly, how to get out of their situation. Pastor Mark's teaching today will tell you that there's no indication that Joseph was wallowing in self-pity. Instead, he was engaged in doing his job and maintaining a close relationship with God, however difficult that might have been. Pastor Mark will share some tips for cultivating the same attitude towards life and God that Joseph had. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39 as he continues his message, Five Words That Guarantee Success. Now look at verse 1, chapter 40. Right into chapter 40. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and the candy stick maker. Now, I just added that for fun. Okay, here we go. Verse 3. And put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. Now, let's look at that verse. Here comes two of these people that had worked for the most powerful man in the world, and they just happened to be in prison when Joseph's there. No, that's not a happening. That's a divine appointment God has directed. Joseph doesn't know it. They don't know it, but watch what happens. And the captain of guard assigned them (laughs) to Joseph. Hello. And he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time. Now, here's what we started with. You don't need to write it down. We've been doing this the whole series because this is the way life is done. Notice, look at this verse. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. So here is Joseph in prison. He gets two guys that are added that he has no idea who they are. God is orchestrating, opening door. When he's done with these two guys, you'll see what happens to Joseph. He has no clue. See, God's at work in your life. He's at work in my life. He's opening doors, closing doors, changing circumstances. There's no coincidences with God. Now, 
Notice, that's the proof. He arrives, and Joseph is going to wonder, what's going on? Well, look at verse 5. Each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker and the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream at night. Each dream, the same night, each dream had a meeting of its own. And when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. He saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials, who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? This is important. If you're in prison and you're in a circumstance you don't like, I am, I need to have a positive attitude. Because usually when I'm into those kind of things, I can be just all about me. Here is Joseph. He's not angry. He may probably is a little bit confused, but he's not frustrated. And he's using his time in prison to grow spiritually by doing what? Serving other people. Listen, Joseph looks at these two guys and goes, something isn't right here. You've done that. You have a friend and you see them. You say, is everything all right? And so Joseph is very sensitive, and it's good for you and I. Jesus was the same way. He looked at compassion to these people. And it's important for you and I, often people who are hurting are sensitive enough, hesitant to say when you ask him, is everything all right? Oh, sure, everything's all right. We've all said that when things are not all right. And so here's Joseph, he's sensitive, and he's being led by God to try to minister to these hurting people. By the way, that's why we have prayer at the end of all of our service down front. Because all of us have needs. We don't have to look at your faith and say something wrong. When you come up here, we're going to pray for you. And don't ever be ashamed to say, I have a need. I need God to help me. You're not going to go through a history with these people, but they're just like you. They're going to pray for you. So I encourage you to do that. So here's one I want you to write this morning. Not just a prayer here, but outside this building. Look at this. Christ followers. Let's take time to minister to hurting people. Sometimes hurting people will knock at our doors. I don't have to guess what's wrong because my neighbor comes and says, my husband just got laid off. My kid just failed the class. They found my son taking drugs. Well, I don't have to ask. But there's sometimes when we're walking that God can use us. And the spirit can go, that person's hurting. You know them. Ask if they're okay. You're not going to be nosy, but you can be used. Because they're probably waiting for somebody to say, I need a word of encouragement. Do you understand me? Every person I'm speaking to hurts. We all have those things. Now, I'm going to give you verse 8. But I'm going to read it to you in the Balmer translation. Which means it's going to be a little funky. So just listen to me. We both had dreams, the two men said. They answered, but there was no one to interpret them. And here's my part I'm adding. And Joseph says to these two men, don't you ever talk to me about dreams. I had two dreams from God, and that's why I'm here in prison. I'm not talking about any dreams. (laughs) He said, Pastor Mark, that wouldn't be Joseph. No, that'd probably be me. I got here because talking in a dream. Keep it to yourself. No, he doesn't say this. Look at verse 8. We both had dreams, they answered, but there was no one to interpret them. And then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. Now, look at me. This is very important. Egypt worshiped all pagan gods. They have no idea who God Jehovah is. 
They don't know there's a one true God that knows everything. They just worship all kinds of things. Sun, moon, water, animal, you name it. But notice what he says. Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So what is he saying? He's already growing, not only in patience, but one of the signs of immaturity is pride. Joseph doesn't say this. Tell me your dreams, baby. I got the answer. No, he says, God has the answer. See, prideful people promote themselves. Mature people promote God. It's God. It's all about God. It's not about you. It's not about me. So he does the right thing. Now, verse 9. So the chief cupbearer, he's the one that would serve Pharaoh the wine and so forth, told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, It blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. Verse 12. This is what it means. Now, who gave this to Joseph? God. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head, and watch the key word, and restore you to your former position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. So Joseph has no clue, but God's using this open door, and this individual will be a huge part of God's amazing plan that Joseph has nothing about. And of course, this man has no clue about it. But this is going to fit in the story. You'll see how it is. Look at verse 14. Then we get to see a little of the heart of Joseph. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Why? Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. So even though he's there, even though he's in the will of God, he's got a good attitude, but he doesn't want to really be there. You, I, we wouldn't want to be there either. Notice now he goes back to Hertz. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. Remember, his brothers abandoned him, put him in a pit. We're going to kill him, send him off to be a slave. Even here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in the dungeon. In the dungeon. He was lied, lied about, said he raped, tried to rape. Potiphar's wife, total lie. So Joseph says, when you get a chance, mention me to Pharaoh, because I I, I know if Pharaoh will listen to you, I'll get a good report, and I'll be freed. Verse 16. Now, when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. Now, no doubt in this, before the baker comes up with an interpretation, he's saying something like this. Wow, the cupbearer got it amazing. He's going to be restored. Hey, Joseph, tell me. I think I could even have a better outcome with my dream. Maybe I'll get a promotion. And so he says, tell me what you think. And so he finishes. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. That ought to tell you something. And this is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole 
and the birds will eat away your flesh. So the chief baker, unlike the cupbearer, he will not be restored or pardoned. He'll be impelled on a pole. He'll be dead. Now, I just asked you, and you already answered it. You did it right. Joseph is speaking truth for God. Joseph is speaking truth for God. Do you think Joseph enjoyed giving the second interpretation? Of course not. Horrible. You see, it's very interesting that Joseph, because God's speaking, he's just a mouth. He's just, by the way, that's all I am. I'm just a mouthpiece for God. So Joseph gave good news and he gave bad news. It reminds us that when Jesus was here, he always spoke about truth. Jesus spoke about good news and he spoke about bad news. Let me share with you how that looks. Just a simple illustration. When you see John 14, 6, this is good news. This is Jesus. People are asking, how do I get to heaven? Here's how you get to heaven. You don't join a church. It has nothing to do with it. You can never be good enough. That won't ever work. Notice, Jesus answered, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can get to heaven except through me because I'm dying for the sins of the world. That is good news. But Jesus also spoke truth, bad news. Look at this. This is why I said, That you will die in your sins, and that means not physical death, spiritual death, separated from God. You'll be in hell. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, the Messiah, the only way to God, you will die in your sins. Now, many of you know, but some of you, of course, don't know. Jesus spoke about heaven less than he spoke about hell. Now, why would Jesus speak about bad news? Because the bad news, if believed, is really good news. Notice this verse. I said that you will die in your sins. You're going to go to hell. But unless you believed who I am, there's the good news. Believe in who I am, accept me as your Savior, and you won't go to hell. Though the bad news is actually the good news. Now, I'm a pastor. Every pastor is commanded by God to preach the truth. So what do I do? I preach in both. I preach in loving way, warning people. I don't talk about hell a lot. I just talk about you're not a believer. You're frustrated. You're at the end of your life. You got no purpose. You got no meaning. So when you see that, is it important that we tell good and bad news? Of course, always. And that's exactly what we see Joseph doing that. I have to share the good news and I have to share the bad news. Now look at verse 20. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday. And he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. So I like to put this in scenes. Picture Joseph. He's sitting down and he sees the open door to the prison. But he's not leaving. These two people are leaving. And he's thinking to himself, wow, one's going to. This is great. He's going back to be restored once. I'll never see him again. And then he's thinking, when he sees that guy taking care of the wine, the cupbearer, I bet you he leans to him and goes, don't forget me. Talk to Pharaoh. Remember the good I did to you. I helped you. 
I want a chance to be free. Thank you so much. Now look at verse 21. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph said to them he would in his interpretation. Notice, God's word is always true. Some of you here don't believe God's word is true. The interpretation of the dream was 1,000% true. Smack on. God's word is always true. Now, the cupbearer, however, look at verse 23. Words that Joseph doesn't know. The cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. You ever do something nice to a person and they never remember and thank you for it? It's hurtful, especially if you went out of your way. Joseph went out of his way big time. And Joseph, all that he had done, he totally forgets Joseph. But here's the bad part. Joseph doesn't know it. Now, when you see that, day after day, Joseph wakes up and he's, he can't wait. When's the prison door going to open? I know God's going to do it. I can't wait. Days after day, he gets up. Same thing in the morning. Same old routine. Days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into months. Joseph is still in prison. Then the months turn in to two years. Think about that. Every morning for two years. Today's the day. Today's the day. Nothing changes. Now that difficult for our hope. So he's expecting, but it's not happening. Why? God's timing. You'll see it. He's still working patience. That's a tough patience right there. He's waiting. God, is there any hope for me? Well, look at chapter 41, verse 1. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. He has no clue, Joseph, that within hours he's going to be free after two years. And when you see what happens, it's unbelievable. But Joseph is learning to be patient. Some of you listening to me, you're waiting for God to answer a prayer. Don't give up. Keep your hope in God. Well, Pastor Mark, it's been months. Keep your hope in God. He will come through. You're looking for direction. You don't have it yet. Just wait. It's coming. It's coming from God. Let me read you Romans 8.25. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently do that today. I skip forward in chapter 41 just to give you one verse. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. He was quickly brought from the prison to Pharaoh. Joseph hears his name. He's in prison. And one of Pharaoh's servants comes in and says, is there a Joseph here? Woo! And what happens? He says, he heard him, and he says, follow me out of the prison. You see this? The Lord is with me. 
equals success. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, one of the main parts of the song, Glorious Day, is this. You called my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day. This song has two applications. The first application is for unbelievers. You're here. You're not a Christian. Or you've walked away from God. Let me just say this. You're going to hear all through this. Let me just read another part. I read a little of this to you before. This is unbeliever. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. Don't want to admit I'm an unbeliever. It was my tomb till I met you. You call my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of darkness, into your glorious day. Now, some of you are not a Christian. I'm excited. Listen. You're going to come out of that grave. You're going to come to a place of recognition that God is your answer for every part in life. You haven't sinned too much. I could care less. God could care less. He doesn't care about our past. He wants the future to be him. Now, I'm going to pray. Christians, I want you to pray right now. Now, look at me just before we bow our heads. Don't play with God. Here, don't play with God. God's going to call your name. He's the very person of God. He wants nobody to perish. He wants everybody to come. Joseph heard his name called. He got out of that prison and wait till you see what God does for him. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you your sins, guess what you're going to do? You're going to come out of that prison. You can be breathing, but now you're alive because your sins are forgiven and you will have a life that you have no idea what it's going to be. It's going to be fantastic. Let's pray right now. Bow your heads. Lord, in our campuses this morning, all week, this song has just been playing through my mind. And You call my name, my name. And I ran out of that grave, that tomb, that prison, and I was set free. I'd love to pray a prayer with you right now, just quietly in your seat. I don't want you to speak it out loud. I want you to speak it to God. Would you pray this prayer? If you want to be free, if you want to be a believer, if you want those words of success, then you have to have a personal relationship with God. Your sin keeps you from doing that. Just pray this prayer with me. Right under your breath, dear God, I need you. I've tried doing life alone, following my will. It doesn't work. And I've been trying to hide that I'm not a believer. But I need you today. So I confess my sins. I know they separate me from you. But I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And today, I put my faith, I put my trust in you. And I want to be able to say those words. God is with me equals success. So today, I commit my life to you. Help me to grow and mature just like Joseph. Today, Pastor Mark taught how God used Joseph in the lives of two other prisoners. You learned how Joseph's bold witness for God put him in the place of answering the questions of two pagans. And you heard about another down in Joseph's life when he was forgotten by a guy he'd helped out. You learned about the importance of remaining faithful to God no matter what. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, this wraps up the teaching five words that guarantee success. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin his message, God's Amazing Knowledge and Wisdom. You'll learn how God guided Joseph's life and how he could do the same for you. You'll see how Joseph's not giving in to bitterness and resentment made it possible for God to use him and to finally get him out of prison. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.